Welcome to GayRomance.show, the MM author podcast where we get to hear from the writers of our favorite LGBTQ fiction and their collaborators. We're talking about the creative process behind these characters and their worlds. I'm your host, Slade James. It is Saturday, January 2nd, 2021, as I record this introduction. Happy New Year. On this episode, I'm speaking for a second time with English author Lily Morton. On episode four, I interviewed Lily about her writing background and creative process in some depth, and she agreed to chat with me again specifically about how she approaches writing multiple series and creating a new series in a new genre built around a recurring couple. Our conversation is coming up in just a few minutes. In personal news... I spent the last half of 2020 writing and producing a new contemporary MM romance series called Bear Camp, which is set in a gay men's clothing optional campground in the North Georgia mountains. I'm very excited to tell you I have two titles coming out this month, The Uncut Wood and Grumpy Bear. The Uncut Wood, My Lumberjack Love Story, is a prequel to the series and currently part of the massive 180 author Winter Wonderland story giveaway on Prolific Works. You have more than likely already heard about this event and started grabbing some free books, but in case you haven't, you can check the show notes for the link. The giveaway is active January 1st through 10th, 2021. I'll also be sending out a follow-up email to anyone on my mailing list specifically about Winter Wonderland, so check your inbox for the link there as well. There are tons of best-selling authors participating, as well as new first-time authors like myself. It's a great opportunity to discover some authors that may be new to you and to maybe try some sub-genres you've never read before. I believe almost every single author interviewed on this podcast is represented. It was organized by previous guests of the show Lucy Lennox and Leslie Copeland. I can't say enough about the work and effort they put in behind the scenes for months to make this story giveaway happen. I'm super grateful to make my debut in the gay romance genre as part of it, and I want to give a shout out to all the authors, designers, editors, proofreaders, personal assistants, and other support professionals who contributed to it. Please check out my website, sladejames.com, for details about my new releases. Sign up to my email list for a free download, and I'll let you know when the books are live on Amazon. They are technically available for pre-order right now. Before I forget, I want to thank you for sharing the show with friends and leaving a review on iTunes. Both of those are entirely free ways you can support the show that have a huge positive impact on its visibility. I also want to thank you for pledging your support on Patreon. It demonstrates that you're enjoying the show and you want it to continue, and that's very encouraging to me. For the record, I only allow Patreon to charge you for the months in which I release an episode. And I hope as the podcast listeners and the support grows, I can produce more and more of these episodes. To find out how you can become a patron and support my time in producing this show, please go to patreon.com slash slade james. As you will hear, 
Lily Morton has a story in the Winter Wonderland giveaway. She also has written at least one entirely new additional series since our last interview, the Close Proximity series, comprised of the novels Best Man, Charlie Sunshine, and After Phoenix. And last year, she released the first in her Black and Blue series, The Mysterious and Amazing Blue Billings which is a new subgenre for Lily, a paranormal MM romance featuring a couple who will be recurring across forthcoming books. Now, some authors establish a series concept, they plan out the entire series beforehand, and then write and publish all the books from beginning to end before moving on to the next series or to any other projects. And among those I've interviewed, Lucy Lennox, Kelly Fox, Mia Monroe, I'm personally in awe of the creative foresight and confidence and discipline that takes. And I know it's very satisfying to readers. But there are other authors I love who establish more than one series and then alternate between them. Um, Lane Hayes comes to mind, Nev Wilder. I personally love jumping around a little bit as a reader. And as an author, many of us want to follow the muse because we have so many ideas coming in and the muses can have their own agenda. I remember Lily posting. I believe it was when she did a cover reveal for book one of the Close Proximity series, Best Man, that she went into that series for the first time knowing it was a series. And she was kind of joking about it, but it caught my attention. I immediately wondered, did that mean she did not know she was writing a series when she started the other ones? And how did those additional characters and novels emerge? And ever since, I've been dying to ask Lily Morton about the story behind her series and how she creates them. Well, I didn't know with the others that it was a series. I'm actually notorious amongst people that work with me because I always start everything out with the thing that this is a standalone. And, you know, sort of like Leslie, my beta reader, will go, oh, yeah. And I'm going, yeah, definitely a standalone. We're not doing another one. And then the side characters take on life and, and you end up in a series. I mean, the mixed messages was, was definitely like that. I think I finished Rule Breaker and um, Leslie messaged me afterwards and she was like, what are you writing now? And I said, oh, well, I'm writing this second chance romance. I really like it. And she's like, no, you need to write Jude. So <laughs> I wrote Jude and then it was, you need to write Henry. And then obviously we went into the Close Proximity series and two series down. And that was it. So back when you were writing um, the, was it Finding Home? The one with Oz? Yeah. And Okay, so... Maybe I came in at a weird time to reading you, but you were still, were you, were you completely done with that series when you started writing um, the uh, Mixed Messages series? Uh, Mixed Messages series came first. Oh, and okay. Then, and, then close, and then Finding Home series came afterwards. But yeah, Oz again was going to be a standalone. I mean, Oz was intended to, well, I, the, I think the Finding Home series has a very almost fairy tale air to it you know with this this place that they go to Chiamore in Cornwall and that sort of thing and originally Oz was named because to me it was very much like the Wizard of Oz in oh. that you had this you know this young man who who travels far away 
and goes to a very strange place and it's very magic and then somebody lifts the curtain and he actually sees how chaotic it is because obviously Silas's house is in chaos and he has to stay and help him. And it was intended to be very much like that. And then, of course, I wrote the side character of Milo that was in it. And I had so many requests for Milo and he really interested me. They've, they've got to interest me. You know, the side characters, some sees you and some don't. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll write one for him. And then, of course, Gideon was introduced in Milo's book. And then, then we got his book. You kind of allow the side characters to emerge and speak to you and then think, oh, yeah. okay, I'm going to write their story, as opposed yeah. to sitting down with a spreadsheet and masterminding this list of um, books that you're going to write I'm in a series. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, yeah, not inten- you're not intentionally say, I know I'm going to write this book three, so I'm going to go ahead and plant this character in book one. You don't do that. The only time I've done it was with the Close Proximity series, which is my latest one. And I knew right from the word go that that was going to be a series. I knew each couple's um, story. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, I, I plotted it out like that. I still didn't use a spreadsheet, but I did know what was going in. So Leslie kind of finally convinced you at that point to do it intentionally. <laughs> No, I think she was she was astounded because when I wrote the close proximity, I was like, "This is a series," and she's like, "Well, you're admitting it," and I was like, "Yes, I am. This time, I, I'm I'm growing up. <laughs> I'm admitting it with this one." For the record, um, we are talking about Leslie Copeland, the the, ba- the beta reader for anyone that hears us name dropping Leslie. And I've actually interviewed her on the show about what she does, which yeah. is uh, super cool. Um, she's amazing. Love her. Um, So something else that you do that is really satisfying to me in your series is even between series, you have these kind of bridge characters who will pop up in an adjacent series. So tell me about that. Is that planned or has it just sort of organically emerged? It's it's organic to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, when I wrote um, Henry and Evo's story in Risk Taker, I introduced his brother Silas. So I already liked his character. And I sort of, it goes almost into the back of your brain and you think, yeah, I'd quite like to do him a story. And then suddenly I had the idea for Oz um, while we were actually in Cornwall at the house that I set as Chi and Moore. You know, we were sitting in the garden and I suddenly had this image of this man you know, rushing through the garden with a notebook piled with ideas and this person coming here and finding it all so strange. And as soon as I thought that, I thought, that's Silas's man. And it, it sort of happens like that. But so there's a, there's a large amount that's organic, but even so with some of them, a lot of it's deliberate, if you know what I mean. It's a sort of mixture of the two. Yeah, I love it. Um, Let's switch gears and talk about the fact that now you have switched genres um, with the Black and Blue series. Uh, Tell everybody a little bit about that series and what it is. Well, it's my first paranormal romance. Um, It came out last year and it's The Mysterious and Amazing Blue Billings. And it's set in York, which is a a beautiful city in England, very spooky, well known for its ghost stories. And it's about a young man called Levi who inherits a house in York, only to find that it's haunted and quite dangerously haunted at that. So he um, starts looking for answers and in the process finds this um, young man called Blue, 
who is this Irish leader of a ghost tour. I mean, if you've ever been to York, there are lots and lots of ghost tours, and he's quite quirky and quite funny. And Levi meets him, and in the process of them trying to solve the mystery of what's haunting his house, they fall in love with each other. So it's um, it came out last year. So I'm, I've been wondering, is this um, the paranormal genre something that you read a lot and enjoy? Um, no, not really. I mean, I went through a stage um, years ago, you know, where I, I quite like to be frightened, but I'm, I'm not really like that now. I don't <laughs> tend to read a lot of it. Um, I, I tend to watch TV if anybody's watching anything through my fingers. So, uh, no, I don't <laughs> tend to read a great deal of it. Well, um, I think that this might be one of the first series that I've started reading where there's recurring characters. And I yeah. I think that, um, you know, recurring characters have a tendency to occur in certain subcategories. Like um, I've seen couples, you know, that are detectives. That's a, a yeah. very common trope. Yeah. And so um, I haven't read a lot of series with recurring characters. So tell me, what was your thought and decision? Did you know from the beginning, hey, I'd like to stick with them and write multiple stories about them? Yeah, I, it had always interested me. I think it's always been on my author bucket list that I wanted to write um, a story um, and, and revisit characters. But it had never quite happened before. And um, I'd, I'd sort of, it was quite interesting, actually, because I had a question and answer session in my group. And uh, one of the group members said to me, whose question was, do not write sequels to established characters because your epilogues are so full, which, you know, my epilogues do tie everything up and mm -hmm. they're set a few years down the road and they're a concrete happy ending. And I, it really made me think. And I thought, oh, my God, I actually think that's true. Yeah. I'd, and I, I think I tie it up so thoroughly that I've no desire to go back to them unless it's a short story or something, you know, and it's just a quick revisit. Mm -hmm. And so it made me really think. And I'd had this story in my head for ages. I mean, the the actual um, ghost story that I wrote had been in my head since way before I wrote The Summer of Us. And at first, I don't think I felt quite equal to writing it because it's quite a meaty book. You know, there's, there's lots of themes, there's lots of things going off. And so at first I didn't feel equal to writing it and then when I did feel equal to write it and I gained some confidence I was always either in the middle of a series or, or you know just starting one and so when I actually got the chance to write it last year I, I, I was very careful with how I wrote it you know with the epilogue business and things like that because I knew I'd found somebody I'd find two men that I really did want to keep revisiting them you know there's a lot I can throw at them um poor blue and levi but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, tell me what are some of the kind of romantic themes or story arcs that you can explore in a series that has the same characters that you're coming back to time and again like what are some of the things that you're excited about portraying in that yeah format? i mean I, I i think it's fascinating anyway because I, I've, I've always been interested in what actually happens after the happy ever after you know because life goes on and i mean love is an evolution in itself you know it, it constantly changes and outside influences come in i mean i know that i mean i've been with my husband for 27 years and the way i felt about him when we first met is drastically different to how i feel now and that's just a passage of years so i was always really interested in that and i think there's a lot 
that I can explore with them. But I think that my principal thing with them has always been, I'm always very careful that the characters and the romance have got to have the same prominence as the ghost story and the action. And I've always been very, very careful with that because I think that, I mean, I know in the past, I, I've read thrillers in the past, not um, not in the MM romance, but sort of general thrillers. And I've, I've come to the end and I thought, oh, that, you know, I love that book. That story was really good. But I actually don't really care about the characters and I don't know them any more than I did, you know, at the beginning. Right. And I didn't really, really didn't want that to happen with Blue and Levi. And I really wanted readers to love them. And I wanted readers to actually be scared for them, you know, because I've put them in some things. And I wanted readers to, like, be wanting to flip the pages to make sure they were okay. And I think that you, when I started writing it, it was always very much that I would I would write and then I would think, that's fine. But what's happening with the romance? You know, where's my little beat? Where, you know, that, that makes you realise that these two men are growing to love each other, you know. Um, to the extent that actually, I think halfway through Blue Billings, there is a chapter where there is a, any plot development, but it solely focuses on their relationship. And I mean, it's the chapter that covers bereavement. Um, Chris Levi's lost his mum. And it was very important to me that we saw these two men deal with that because it was very much foreshadowing the way that their relationship was going to be it was letting you know that blue was going to take an equal part in their relationship and that they were going to be okay because blue looks after levi in that one as opposed to the other way around mm. and um it said that's that's always been something that i'm very very conscious of and it's some number right in second one now and i'm still very conscious of it i'll come to the end of a chapter during the day and i'll think where's my romance be you know where's this connection just just little things but things that's that that cement them in reality is it easier for you to write the romance beats or do you feel um that you're more drawn to kind of the action and adventure and paranormal elements or um is it hard to strike that balance or it you know like which one are you having to double check the most i guess is the question um, I don't know, really. I think that you just, you sort of, I'll come to a chapter like I came to a chapter today where it is more, much more spooky, you know. I mean, I thought it up the other night and it actually scared me. Um, but you you sort of switch your brain over and and, and you're doing it and it, it comes in. But you've got to keep checking it, do you know what I mean? You've got to mm -hmm. keep reading it over and making sure it works. I would probably say action is harder to write because I've always been a dialogue person. So um, that's that doesn't trouble me at all. Um, or the, the romance bit. That kind of choreography that you have to envision in mm. your head and then figure oh, out a God, way to describe yeah. without without it losing the pace. I mean, yeah. I was actually really surprised at how much action there was in mm. um, the mysterious and amazing Blue Billings. Like, you really went there towards the end. I mean, it went yeah. like full horror movie, you know? Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah. no, I loved it too because I kind of felt like it was, um, you know, when you watch movies or TV shows that that are, say, an action or a, um, a horror, you know, paranormal, yeah. and they have like a B plot, a subplot of a romantic connection, and it's very, very sparse. And yeah. 
it was like if you've ever watched one of those and wished that there was more of the of the characters yeah. and more of their relationship it's like you managed to magnify that while still having all oh, the other juicy stuff i think it'd make a really cool movie to tell you the truth I mean, it, <laughs> wouldn't it, that be amazing yeah because the special effects would be so fun wouldn't they mm-hmm. they totally <laughs> would yeah they it plays in my head anyway like a film a lot of the scenes i see i see it in my head before i write it so we are getting some more of those guys Yes. Awesome. I'm I'm in the middle of book two at the moment. So as you were um, writing the recurring uh, couple thing, were there there any other people that you read that are doing that? Or were there authors that you saw that were doing that in other series that um, were inspirational to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of authors tackle it brilliantly. I mean, I know that um, the... Soulbound series by Hayley Turner. Have you read that? I haven't read it yet, uh, but it's so on my list. It's yes. nearly it's nearly at the end now, so you, you oh, good. read it all the way. Through. Yeah, okay. But it's so good, and I am so in awe of the way that Hayley does it because it's um it's a sort of paranormal fantasy, and it's a, a werewolf and a mage. The the romance between them, and it's just fantastic. Hayley writes action scenes like no one else. But equally, I, I love the way that she's got this couple and she's developing them. So you see their their relationship progress as they go through and it's handled perfectly. So, yeah, I was I love the way she does that. It's it's such a good series. Um, people are going to be listening to this right at New Year's 2021. Thank God we can say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so is there um, anything particular on the horizon or, or a new release that we should be looking for? Um, well, I'm writing Blue 2 at the moment, so I would hope probably that would be out sort of early next year. But um, no, no dates as such and i think the next thing that you'll get from me is i'm taking part in the winter wonderland story giveaway which is um it's going to be january the 1st to the 10th and it's a prolific works giveaway and there's over 200 authors some of whom you may have heard of (laughs) and um yes (laughs) and so i'm taking part in that i've got a novella coming which is a side character doug who was in my book charlie sunshine um he's a teacher and it's about um a very sporty um p teacher and the romance between the decidedly unsporty language teacher and they end up on a school skiing trip to um france and it's 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 set in uh, it's set in france and i was able to uh, utilize my memory of the one disastrous skiing lesson that I had that left my husband <laughs> laughing so hard he actually fell over in the snow. So uh, if you read it, that skiing lesson was actually me. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'll definitely be reading it. Lily, it is wonderful to get to talk to you again. Thank you for coming yeah. back on and letting me pick your brain about your series. Um, make sure and tell everybody where they can go to find you online. Yes, yeah, sure. You can find me in the normal places, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, my website is lilymortonauthor.com. You'll find lots of little extra things like that. And I'm most active in my group, which is Lily's Snark Squad. I tend to check in there every day and uh, it's lovely. If anybody feels like popping in, that's where I share everything first. That's great, Lily. Thank you. Thank you. 
thanks again for listening to GayRomance.show, the MM Author Podcast. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever app you prefer. For show notes and links to the websites and books we mentioned, please go to GayRomance.show. You can also find me at SlaveJames.com. And I'll talk to you later. <laughs>